0: Right. Welcome to another episode of the Speed Change Repeat podcast today with uh, Bernd Heinrichs. Hello, Bernd. Hi. Hi. Um, so you are a very interesting individual in the sense of what you are dealing with. And uh, we are going to get to that quite shortly. But obviously in the beginning, as usual, we are giving you the opportunity to well, um, tell us where you are coming from, uh, kind of what has shaped you. And um, yeah, give you the opportunity to uh, give us an introduction on your uh, let's say yeah professional life.
1: Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. So let me start. So I'm uh, nearly thirty years into the uh, into the area of computer science. I started as a computer scientist at the university in Aachen, where I studied computer science, and uh, but immediately went into the topic of connectivity and co- communications collaboration and uh, how devices communicate to other devices, people to devices, people to people, et cetera. um, And um, I spent their time, did my PhD, and uh, after that went to Ericsson, was in engineering, and uh, was uh, part of a a huge team which was uh, contributing to the setup of the German television network. Uh, That is about 25 years ago. Uh, a big thing for Ericsson, which Ericsson won against the uh, the Siemens and Cisco's of the world. And um, uh, I spent a few years with Ericsson before um, I um, I moved to Cisco, uh, where I spent 20 years of my uh, professional life. Uh, so the the dominating time of my uh, professional lifetime, and uh, were involved in in several activities, uh, starting in sales, going into engineering. M&A activities which really shaped my uh, professional life a lot Um, and uh, probably we come to that later because I think it's one of the key means for for companies of all sizes in the current IoT and digital markets really to be fast enough to grow, so mergers and acquisitions, investments, etc. So I was part of that team for five years and Cisco is one of the most prominent in this, uh, in this way of growing and innovating. And at the end uh, at Cisco, I was running the IOT business in uh, Europe, including innovation activities in Berlin, Paris, London, etc. before I then three years ago uh, went to Bosch intentionally because I never worked for a German company. I wanted to find out how it is. And uh, I'm a strong believer into the assets which Bosch brings to the table in terms of combining really traditional component and uh, solution business with new IT digital activities which we are driving, and which especially I can drive in my role as a business CDO. So that's in the short uh, what I have done uh, so far in my professional lifetime.
0: Right. Uh, let's take the opportunity before jumping into um, the things that you are doing with uh, with Bosch currently, uh, and and quickly take this 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 point that you just mentioned, um, which you see is very important, the the whole M&A activities. Uh, mm-hmm. You said that that you you believe strongly that this is a crucial thing for uh, companies of all sizes. Uh, maybe you can um, yeah exploit your thought a little bit more deeper in this yeah
1: so uh thanks for that and uh, i'm a strong believer that there is no company in the world who can do everything on its own uh, not invented here should be something positive and not negative in the mindset of a company in the culture of the company we all should look outside really to find out are there people who can do it better uh, on a specific area than we can do it on our own and that was a mantra at at cisco and it is also uh, more and more, also something of the uh, activities we drive at Bosch. So, and uh, y- you see um, a lot of big companies. Of course, they have an end-to-end set of services and products and solutions uh, which they can offer. But best of three parts of that uh, are probably outside. And uh, especially for 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 large corporates, it is in, in my view therefore so essential we really need to look. Uh, because of speed, readiness to the market, because of probably also technology differentiation sometimes, because of a specific go-to-market, because of the, the people, very important, uh, that you should look outside to enlarge your portfolio and be ready to uh, for the market and not do it on your own. So... Uh, and that is, there are financial reasons behind it, there are, as I said, technology reasons behind it, market reasons behind it, who really enforce you really to do M&A. Partnering with others can be a, a fourth option we call, beside M&A and investment partnering with others. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sometimes is, is complicated, especially if you partner between equals, but it can work out if you do it in the right way. Maybe one more thing to add, what I learned most uh, most important for me was, and I never forget that, uh, there were three things, um, especially where we looked into at Cisco at that time. It was really short-term win-win. So if you do an uh, acquisition or an investment, be clear what it's in for you as the acquirer or the investor, and what's what is in for the for the other company. So both have to define a short-term win-win. Maybe after six months, a long-term win-win. Uh, Is there a sustainable advantage for both sides should be definable? And third is, is there a 100% cultural fit? Mm -hmm. Do both sides people want this to happen? If there is a majority of the employees on both sides not wanting it, you shouldn't do it.
0: Right. You know, it's interesting uh, that you mentioned this point of um, partnerships, which is uh, something that I've been thinking about uh, quite a lot in the past months. And um, I want to kind of share my observation on that with you. Uh, I fully agree with you in the sense that, especially for large corporates, in order to, um, let's say the biggest drawback for them and the biggest uh, benefit for them obviously is their size. Um, So, which then obviously gives them or gives them the inability, so not being able to to be very fast with certain things, and therefore partnerships are very crucial for them. Partnerships with smaller companies, startups, etc. But my observation in that sense is that um, I cannot talk for the U.S. Uh, or uh, for for Asia, but uh, from what I've from what I've seen in Europe so far, is that I think that either it has not been yet understood at all, let's say, on an average uh, within the executive rooms, or the process of partnerships has not been really, let's say, developed yet because I don't see really that many partnerships mm-hmm. happening between, let's say, you know, startup ecosystems, technology ecosystems and, uh, and big corporates. Uh, I see a lot of talking in that sense. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of and I'm not I'm not pointing at Bosch here, but I'm, I'm really, let's say, looking at at the, the yep. say, overall overall sec, uh, overall uh, segment of companies. And uh, what is your thought on that? Because, I mean, everybody kind of talks about it, that, it, that it's important. And I think uh, it is it is an obvious point, right? For the reasons that we just mm-hmm. pointed out. But what do you think is the reason for it not really having accelerated to the point that it should be?
1: So for me, if I look into partnering, it is more than, uh, uh, yeah, it is also including investments into into uh, smaller companies from a big corporate. It's including uh, acquisitions, etc. And it's it's all about. And and you know, if you ask me about why isn't it so much into the culture or in, into the activities of European companies, especially, I think it is because the not invented here syndrome, if I can call it like that, <laughs> um, was was all over the place. I would say uh, until ten years ago. Now it's changing. Right. Uh, Silicon, Valley, Silicon Valley was different uh, at least in the time when I was there 20 years ago and 15 years ago they were already actively really actively looking into that partnering issue and it was you know it has to be simple it has to be easy and straightforward and responding to two or three key questions which I mentioned before short-term win-win long-term win-win cultural fit and it's not about the uh, technology pure, right? It it has to have a business sentiment which pushes both sides forward and um, if you can do that and define that and look into the eyes each other, uh, I think you have a good starting point but that is something we need to adapt and to learn here in Europe. Maybe it's not our culture and uh, maybe it's something new to us and that is what I experience and trusting others is a key uh, is a key thing. Trusting others that they can do it in the same way or even better and faster and uh, relying on others. Uh, that is very, these are very important ingredients
0: on a successful partnership as we also know from private life. Right. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you, especially also on that point what you said, what you see even uh, f- fewer as, uh, as partnerships between let's say two, where two sides are established and large players. I think mm-hmm. that is even a, a different, a different level of, um, you know benefit oh, yeah. value creation that, that happens or would happen. yeah yeah um let's get into the things that you are doing uh, at Bosch currently so uh, you are yeah so to say the um, kind of in a role as a chief digital officer at uh, Bosch mobility services Um yeah. could you could you maybe explain a little bit uh, in that sense what you are what exactly you are doing uh and w- what you are responsible for okay so i'm um i'm not only
1: a kind i am uh, i'm the cdo of the chief digital officer for mobility services at bosch so for the whole um we call it uh the automotive and mobility segment at at bosch which is a close to 50 billion euro turnover market uh 20 uh 2019 and um It is very important that I add to the chief digital officer one uh, word, which is business, right? We differentiate between a business CDO and the corporate group CDO, right? Right. Right. Uh, Activities at Bosch. And I'm the business CDO for mobility, which is the biggest segment, uh, as you know. And um, it is really um, reporting into the the board uh, of the mobility sector at Bosch, right? And really driving three things, uh, which are, which we formed from the beginning that I'm here, we said, you know, digitization or digitalization is not only about, about optimizing um, digital activities, the IoT stuff, et cetera, internally in plants and whatever you can think about doing traditional things like moving towards S4HANA, doing Salesforce inter- uh, setup and whatever you can think about, CRM implementation. No, it is also about external. How can you monetize um, on data type of activities you are driving? And third, it is about people and culture. So we we say we build a house of digitization for Bosch, for the the Bosch mobility sector, which has three big rooms or big different areas. Uh, It's internal, external, and culture. And uh, we have put all our efforts into these three big areas and and doing things there yeah, and we get to that later i guess
0: right okay um then maybe maybe you can um maybe you can mm-hmm. explain a little bit more in in, in detail what uh, or well not in detail but let's say give us examples <laughs> of three activities that yeah job in there
1: yeah and uh, you know i mentioned the internal stuff at the, at the beginning of course like uh, a lot of companies uh, bosch is really um Doing a lot of internal activities, trying to increase productivity, increasing efficiency automa- by automation um, and by really moving towards standards and turnkey solutions away from proprietary uh, solutions, which we have built up on our own in the, in, in the past, right? And I mentioned some of the key activities, uh, like our move towards S4 HANA. Which is, which is uh, from the mobility sector, driven by my team. Uh, it is really uh, changing our customer relationship management towards a turnkey and standard solution. It is, but but it's also things which also have an impact on external later on as well. Thinking about what are the, what how do we handle data? How do we do handle internal data, uh, which we can use also for external use cases later on. For that you need to um, have an overall uh, uh, let's say data management data definition uh, which is unambiguous uh, all over bosch not only mobility Uh, we're looking into a digital twin concept we look into activities how we handle the data at what touch point is it in the plants is it during the engineering process is it in the field in the real use case etc so digital twin is something uh we are working on actively right now because for me it is one of the key base activities we need to figure out in order really to derive data driven business later on which is a key part of external digitization right if 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 i talk about external digitization i'm talking about using data really to um to generate uh, use cases for our customers and so internal is for us internal external to for our customers monetizing on mobility data which is mobility data used for building automatic or automatically driving cars it is about optimizing the uh, fuel consumption it is about warnings on streets it's about routes uh, routes etc and so these are the main parts and third part is really about the people and i think we are all in a in a big change process, and really understanding that digital is not a threat, but digital is really an opportunity, a chance for us. We really need to prepare for the future, and uh, we are we are coaching and training our people. We are taking them with with us. We are educating them. We are um, doing a lot of transformation activities, um, um, and uh, that is something which is probably the base for. Internal and external digitalization later on, but if we don't really get the people with us, we have a big problem. And uh, and the culture in digital is different than the culture we have in the traditional setup of a company.
0: Right. Mm. Let's start the uh, the journey or the discussion around. Uh, I would not like to use future of mobility because I mean that is something that um, it is a constant or changing process that is already happening now, but I want to end, uh, open this discussion, uh, with a question. Um, and you don't need to give an, a, a long answer, but like a, a summarized one. If I ask you about the status quo, um, in terms of mobility, um, and let's take, um, let's take, uh, the car as, as a focus point here. So, uh, the, the automotive industry, what is your, Opinion on the status quo of the automotive industry as of right now
1: uh, The uh, the automotive industry and if you would differentiate between uh, uh, between really individual transport or personal transport and uh, mobility and uh, really logistics and for, uh, really Transporting goods you see that in both sides we are uh, at a point of change And uh, at a point where um, new modes of transportation get into place, right? And uh, where a lot of things are beginning to mature. And uh, we all see electrified, we we see uh, automation, we see uh, new services which are changing the vehicles from a pure transportation vehicle to an intelligent device, to a computer, to a... Um, to something which you are used in a completely different way. And I would say, if you ask me about status, we are still at the beginning of a complete change which will take place over the next 20 years. Probably very fast in the in the initial next years, but uh, it is a process which is um, just starting.
0: Right. When we talk about the future of mobility or um, mm-hmm. about also the alternative uh, the alternative of let's say alternative revenue streams in in in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the context of cars yeah. um, the discussion always evolves around obviously uh, data information yeah and um, let's dive maybe a little bit deeper into that because um, from my point of view or from my my perspective uh, I think that that is still something that is um, to be explored or lacking mm-hmm. in that sense where the, let's say, the, when we really can talk about data monetization in that sense mm-hmm. is not really, or maybe you can, maybe I'm wrong and you can, uh, you can show me examples on that where uh, mm-hmm. the monetization on car data is as of right now, not happening um, mm-hmm. from my perspective. Maybe, maybe you can uh, delve into that. Okay,
1: so I agree with you, Jonathan, that we are at the beginning. That is what I said before. You know, we are at the beginning of this, um, of this journey in really uh, monetizing uh, data-driven services. But let me, uh, let me start it in a way that I, I'm coming out of the computer industry. You know, and this is now what is happening there, in my view, is mapping also to the uh, mobility situation in the world. You know, if you if you look back about fifty years ago, what was a, the world was a centralized IT world. It was a mainframe world, yeah, mm-hmm. and everything was centralized. Intelligence was central. Intelligence was centralized, yeah? even after uh, even forty years ago when I was studying uh, thirty years ago, and um, it is then it then moved to a client-server world, right? which was more a decentralized world where the intelligence and the data was distributed. Of course, different data than the one we are talking about in mobility, but it's a similar, uh, a similar type of touch points to the data. Then, in the last 20 years or 15 years, the world be- became a cloud world, but a centralized cloud world again, You know, going from mainframe centralized, to client server decentralized, to a cloud world which is centralized again, where the big, big players are moved up and which we have all around us. Social media players and others, right? The Googles of the world and others the Microsoft. Now, I strongly believe the base for the future of mobility is set again in a decentralized world. Data monetization only works in a decentralized world if you want to make use cases really happen. What do I mean with that? It means that if you want to build the transportation of the future, the mobility of the future, you need to get into this decentralized world where you touch the data where it is produced and uh, where it is really generated. I strongly believe that data, um, data value, the, the value of data is, is biggest when it is acted on in, in real time. That means it has to be acted on where it is produced. We call that the edge or the fog. I call it the fog, I, I prefer the fog terminology, uh, yeah. coming from the cloud to the fog. Uh, and the fog is at the, is there where the action is, right? In the car, in the, in the production plant, in, uh, in clothes, in your body, uh, whatever, right? Uh, if you talk about IoT and if you talk about data driven, you need to be there. And I say, that's perfect. That's perfect for especially some of the big European companies like Bosch and that is one of the reasons I am at Bosch because I'm a strong believer that is the strength of us, right? We we coming out of the component world, we are the ones who are producing the data, we are producing, we are producing um, samples, we are producing a lot of devices which are really put into sophisticated use cases which are uh, building uh, data-driven services later on. If we now touch the data and al- if we are allowed to touch the data and if we touch them and work on it, we have a perfect situation that we can make these services together as partners really the, uh, really happen and building a, a very interesting future for um, monetizing data also in Europe. And um, and that is I, I'm a strong believer that this will happen. Right? We, we only see um, data driven business if it is uh, for for real use cases which you and myself in mobility and in industrial and in energy and whatever uh, want to use if they are really de- decentralized in a fog in the edge world right I'm strongly believing that it's a hyper connected world it's connected everything and this this is a chance for us as a european company
0: right um, let's talk about standardization because yep. um i think that is something um i always ask myself uh, especially when 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 i when i when, when it comes to let's say the in the whole topic of autonomous driving um why do you need multiple players or where what, what is the economics of working mm-hmm. on autonomous driving as mm-hmm. for me if we solve the if, if we solve the ch- main challenges that we need, uh, so for let's say having a car drive itself, um, it is something that is solved once. So and then it's not something that you sell, sell, uh, let's say with a label on, right? It's 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 mm-hmm. it, it becomes it bec- I mean, if I want to. And then that's what you see, right? You, um, but that's more in the sense of um, pushing the technology even further in terms of algorithms and stuff like that from from the from the universities that are working on that, right? I can mm-hmm. I can also I can also develop a system as of right now with open source code that um, mm-hmm. goes in that direction, right? So, can you maybe explain me what is the the reason behind that? Then for established players to continue to work on, I mean, as of right now, yes, the whole the whole uh, Addis uh, systems that are, let's say, obviously being delivered um, as autonomous driving on a level five basis is still um, something that is uh, far away. Only also looking from a legal perspective alone. Uh, what is what is the what is the reason for, let's say, so many players to then go into this also monetary heavily, basically pushing for this?
1: Um, that's a good question, right? I, I've asked this question myself a lot of times. Right? <laughs> um, I, I'm a strong believer that the future of mobility only works out if we work together. And uh, you call it standardization. I'm. I'm a. I. I think standardization is a key to that. Um, and why? Because I strongly believe that a hundred percent. I'm. I'm thinking about the English word a hundred percent. Self-sufficient or autark in German uh, system, which is based on intelligence in a vehicle, which is de- developed by one company, which pit- puts uh, lidars, uh, um, cameras, and whatever you need an in intelligence into the car to develop a highly automated um, um, de- uh, vehicle, will not work in a in a in a world where we have thousands of players who are delivering these kinds of solutions because uh, there is something missing, which is the infrastructure and the intelligence in the infrastructure, in the streets, in the houses, and the people, in, in other type of uh, vehicles, besides of cars. And uh, the, they need to talk to each other, at least to some extent. And in order to talk to each other, to some extent, you need to have a standard. You need to have a common data um, definition which we are using and basing your activities on and therefore I, I strongly believe all what we see right now in um, in terms of independent development in in a, in a focused way to make a, a single vehicle autonomously driving will not be uh, the ultimate solution for an automated world Uh, or uh, with automatically driving vehicles. We need to standardize. And if we don't go, and that is a chance again for the European companies and uh, the big players who have maybe lost ground to some extent that they get back into into the play. Uh, But we need to open ourselves to each other. And then we are back to the beginning of our conversation. It's about partnering and working together Mm -hmm. and opening ourselves and trusting ourselves to work on a common standard to make these things happen. I'm strongly believing that this has to happen because it also matches my theory of that it is a fog and edge world. And a fog and edge world means that you are not only working on a, in a single entity, but you are connected, right? You are connected to other small fogs, to other uh, things, devices, and talk to each other. It's a hyperconnected world, and that is the base for the future of mobility, and it's a standardized world if it should work together.
0: Hmm. Right. Uh, it, I, is that clear?
1: I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, that is how I, I see the. That. that is my vision. Yeah,
0: it's clear. Uh, I think that is also if we if we uh, look at the whole the the whole thing that is happening right now in the um, from from the OEM uh, OEMs perspective, uh, the, the race for uh, building um, the standardized operating systems that we that we still mm-hmm. that we still don't have right so basically the android the the android of the car kind of yeah and, um i i ask myself what is the scenario looking uh, obviously in that sense uh, because i i see i see where the fear or the um let's say more or less careful observa- observation is coming from obviously from the uh from 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 the social wave that we have, right? Because there we mm-hmm. have the the winner takes it all uh, economy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I I I think I, I I try to to kind of envision that how it would look like if we have an if we have standardized standard more standardization in that sense, right? How mm-hmm. the how the value creation. Um, would look like for different types of players, right? For example, also from the from the whole data monetization perspective speaking, if I if I take for example Bosch as a as a supplier in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have the acceptance of the uh, let's say end user who ultimately is driving the car to to take value out of the um, or let's say to have a value creation process with the data in order to let's say maybe deliver further services. Mm-hmm. How how would that then basically look like um, for for Bosch, right? Because if you if you, for example, deliver a system, right, but it's ultimately then just an integral part of the of the overall of the overall car, right? You mm-hmm. are you are uh, you are not the data owner, right? In that sense, you are not able to, uh, or or, uh, or am I wrong on this? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, um, that is an interesting topic. You know, uh, data ownership versus data accessibility Mm -hmm. and uh, i'm always saying you know uh, of course it's it's good to have the data and work on the data but you don't need to own it but you need to have a a clear guarantee that you can work on the data in real time that is what i said at the beginning right and uh, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of discussions going on in this uh, in this world at the moment how we, as a tier one, which we are at the moment in the mobility space, can get access in real time to data which is generated in the car. In most cases, by devices which are Bosch-owned, or no, not Bosch-owned, but Bosch-developed and uh, equipped. And um, we need to get access to that. And we we are in experiments with a lot of OEMs to do that, right? And we, we play a role of not really... Uh, 100% owning an OS system that is probably done by, uh, by the OEMs themselves or together with other OEMs with our help. But I think it's more important really to develop then a, a, a kind of, call it middleware, a kind of a layer on top of it, which is really consistent all over the place. Right? That should be the ultimate goal where we can contribute a lot and work on the data. We need access to the data, work on it, and uh, get it back into action immediately in real time then we solve the problems of the future. If we don't do that all over different OEMs and all over the different OEMs in the world, we cannot really solve the problem of the automated, right? Coming back to this point, right? So, and, and Bosch can play a key role in that, right? Being independent, not really having to own the OS, but offer OS, but offering uh, services on top, which can base on a common middleware.
0: All right so
1: that's my thinking yeah Yeah. i
0: i I think it's very interesting but uh uh, what is more interesting in that sense is and then we're coming back to this whole partnership uh, thing Mm -hmm. that the relationship between let's say the um in a historical sense between the the oem and the supplier right in in that sense Mm -hmm. bosch would would not look like like a one-time transaction so basically part is being ordered. Transaction is happening no. or being delivered and it's built in but more or mm-hmm. less a uh, continuous uh, relationship in that sense because um, Transactions would uh, would happen way more. Let's say often in the sense right if if services mm-hmm. are uh, actually Let's say um can, can be can be chosen right which 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 service or application I would like to have on my OS and then therefore yeah. I think that that will look very interesting on because as we said right the uh, from a history it is not really known, right? It is um, it is more or less transa- a transactional relationship, but there it will be yeah. more or less completely different, right?
1: Oh, yeah, it is really uh, this this model on how we work together in the future will be totally different. Uh, can you call Bosch a, a tier one in the future? Maybe to some extent in some of the businesses, yes. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, we, we become uh, somebody who is de- delivering an enables, enablement service. For others which can be ongoing which is recurring which is a recurring revenue stream where we can offer the service maybe even at the ultimate goal maybe i don't say it will happen but it could and uh, we we are of course investigating into that and uh, if you talk about data driven services they are all like that they are not transactional in the way that they are happening one time they are coming back and back and uh, offering ongoing services. And uh, we want to be part of that and being a, a kind of uh, enabler for these kind of services. And when, when I say enabler, it could indicate that it's still a kind of a tier one <laughs> type of relation, but it could also mean that we are offering
0: a, a basic service for that. I think and it's extended. Service. I yeah. think I think so. it's extended. I think you would still be, I mean, obviously you need to get your... You need to get the hardware into the car, anyways, right? So yeah, somebody has to produce the hardware, and I mean, with the history and the experience that's basically Bosch has, obviously they will be the one combining then basically hardware and software, right? And then and therefore uh, software ob- obviously will become the the driving the driving uh, mm-hmm. part of the hardware part, basically. Yeah. Then uh, the uh, and and uh, equipped with the intelligence, obviously, and uh, but you still would let's say you still be in the role of a tier one supplier, but then in an extended way, obviously with, yeah. the, with the digital services that would be, uh, be coming on top of that, right?
1: Absolutely, I fully agree with you.
0: Ultimately, it's, an, it's a long-term game, right? So the whole, the whole mm-hmm. discussion about, okay, utilizing data for uh, services, let's say applications, for example, on an operating system, um, it's a long-term game because for for me to consume services, Um, in terms of let's say like applications for example the same as I use on my smartphone Mm -hmm. Uh, inside a car I would need to be in a world where I would not or as a driver at least I would not be mm, required to have uh, pay attention on the road right which Mm -hmm. is not happening in the foreseeable future so therefore Mm -hmm. it is uh, interesting to think about what would happen because if we if we get into a state of autonomous driving the whole concept of fleets basically um uh comes comes to comes to life right uh, and also mm-hmm. shared shared mobility then also becomes completely different because then uh i i can i can i can just get into the car right and then uh, get driven around so it's a long-term game but what do you think will happen from an oem perspective to the whole factor of brand if we are let's say in a state where we where we get to this let's say long-term long-term state Mm,
1: that's a good question and my my answer to that is changing over time (laughs) Um, (laughs) if you would have asked me pre-corona and post-corona now we are not post-corona but uh, uh, let's let's identify it like that i think there are changes going on right so if i would have answered half a year ago i would say you know uh, the, the really decision Decision uh, guys, the, the the guys who are deciding about the future of mobility, uh, is there is a there is something changing, right? Towards uh, the strength of a fleet of a, the the shared economy is uh, dominating, and uh, probably there are companies um, originating. We all know them who are uh, deciding on how a vehicle should look like and operate, and what the services should be in the car uh, in the vehicle. And these are not always the OEMs, but it could be a fleet owner. And uh, that is definitely that was definitely my uh, my answer, probably half a year ago, or a year ago, definitely. Now, the question is if this is still at least on the short time, uh, short term horizon, the case, right? Probably um, the situation where we are in, even though the individual vehicle uh, numbers are going down, etc. But what, uh, who is most suffering at the I think it's it's fleets and shared, right? It's really, it's a dramatic uh, downturn at the moment in this market. And uh, do you, I'm not sure if it comes back in the way it was. And if the domination of this market is moving there, or if it is, if it is more a mix than I thought before, right? Who is really deciding about how it should look like and how the um, transportation and mobility should look like? Uh, there is a power play going on. I I I I cannot really give um, a clear picture on who is dominating that.
0: Mm, yeah. So
1: it's difficult at the moment. Right? I, I, we see a lot of changes pre versus post Corona, at least on a short term impact. With a short term impact, does it sustain like that? We need to see. Right.
0: Uh, I fully agree with you in that sense And we need to learn right?
1: we need to learn to adapt to this situation also as a bosch, right and uh, that is one of the important things I'm always um, t- uh, telling my people and also inside Bosch, right? If we want to be uh, become a sustainable long-term player in this market we we need to leverage what we are good in, right? Uh, that is really connecting our traditional component know-how, which I covered at the moment, with with the new topics which which we are deriving out of that and, and merging it with data which they are producing. That is the hyper connected world. So we need to be hyper connected, hyper aware. And then we need to make decisions based on that. Because we get we get information really for use cases which we are selling. We get we get information for decisions we need to take as a business. So we need to make informed decision based on the data and then we need and that is most important we need a fast execution based on that If it is a real use case which we are selling to our customers or if it is something we are leveraging internally So these three things are key for me to to get into data-driven economy and mobility Hyperconnectivity or awareness informed decision making and fast execution Uh, if you don't do uh, if you miss one of these three points, you will not be
0: competitive. Right.
1: I'm absolutely sure. Yeah,
0: mm, I, I agree with you. Um, and uh, I have this this thought uh, and I, I would like to go into this direction. Um, uh, let's talk about practicality in the sense. Uh, I mean, we have been talking a lot about... Um, or uh, on a philosophical basis of the future uh, let's talk about uh, what is what is going on right now um, uh, especially from your perspective from, uh, from, from Bosch what you guys are working on and uh, I can make the introduction in that sense um, uh, what I what I really like uh, in a sense is this customer centricity and uh actually you guys have launched as 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 far as i as, as far as i could see something that i have been also talked uh, uh thinking about when i am basically uh, j- driving on a highway and then and st- stopping basically at those highway stops and, and you see the charging uh, uh ch- charging um uh, basis basically uh with uh, when you have multiple and, and that's again the thought of standardization right uh when you have different different um let's say brands or suppliers of, of, of charging stations um obviously i mean it, it comes to the point where you have multiple applications then i guess in terms of payment that is something that i thought about and I, now i saw that you guys at, uh, at bosch basically launched uh launched an application where you through one application have the accessibility to um, let's say the majority of uh, of the of the brands uh, for for charging stations. Mm-hmm. yeah and that uh, is a key yeah exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. That, that is hundred percent and uh, so um i I really like i think that is a uh, that is a perfect example for uh let's say having or thinking about a customer need and uh, I think you know for charging stations have not been there for quite a long time. And I, I think also, you know, in order to launch that, um, it, it, it's not really a long long time that has passed to that. So I think the, 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 ad, the adaptability or uh, reacting to a, a, um, observing something and then basically serving this customer need, this is a perfect example mm-hmm. for this.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, I am, I'm really impressed, you know, when I joined Bosch about uh, nearly three years ago now, October, it will be three years. I saw I this um, this really uh, focus on uh, customer centricity, right? And uh, the understanding the user and the needs which he has, right? In all aspects of what we are developing, more and more, right? And if, if you look into Bosch, comparing it with some of the Silicon-based company, I think that is already included in our uh, culture quite heavily, right? There is more or less new, n- no new... Type of activity which we are driving, which has not a, uh, which is not responding. First, it has to give an answer to, uh, to the why. Why are we doing it? Why is somebody really buying it later on? Why is there a need for? So, I'm always saying we we are we move from a, from the know how, which was the strength of us as a, as a company in in former times, to a know why. Um, know why we are doing these things. And that is exactly also touching what, for example, the, the charging station type of services, offering battery in a cloud, right? And, and telling um, the people who are driving uh, such a car, uh, independently on which brands they're driving, where to go, right? And uh, where it's possible really to get service. And um, that is something which is coming out of the user perspective. And that should be and uh, we I go so far that we say there is no development which has not a clear user requirement. that's the starting point,
0: yeah yeah, and i th- I think that is uh, that is um, something that companies or more traditional companies have been striving to to get into their DNA, right this ultimate uh, mm-hmm. customer centricity, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe to to take these four four major trends that we have in mobility um as a as a as a guiding point here maybe you can um, uh, talk about some some developments um that that you guys have been doing on on, on those four which you think are uh, are interesting to share with us
1: so i i think we touched a little bit about automated autonomous already right and um, of course we are heavily involved in that in, in different aspects and uh, um, i mentioned the data portion of that which is more in Uh, in in my charter together with the business unit and really leveraging the data and really make decisions on where a vehicle has to go and uh, with with what speed and uh, how it should interact with the surrounding. And we are in a lot of uh, joint activities with OEMs. With cities, with others, we really need to work on the uh, on the A of the uh, of the four pillars, right? You are, I think, you are referring to electrified, to connected, to personalized, p- uh, if you call it personalized, and the automated uh, uh, piece of uh, of this mobility sector. And uh, we are, of course, active in all of them. And uh, the connectivity thing is something which is very interesting for me, coming out of this sector and we are spending a lot of time in really experimenting with connectivity topics in mobility, Um, working with partners, that is very important, working with big mobility service providers, so service providers who are offering uh, maybe in the future 5G or other activities or other type of uh, radio connectivity which is probably, um, probably needed to move into this uh, future of uh, mobility but maybe it is uh, it is only a start point you know I'm, I'm not sure right at the moment if 5g is solving all our problems yeah. 5g can solve a lot of problems but uh, in terms of really real time for autonomous uh, we probably see some adaptions to that that's my guess
0: let, let, Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that then. I mean, because that is a, that is an interesting point. You talked about the edge as well. Uh, I think compute mm-hmm. compute for uh, in 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 the a car context is a, is a is a big big not problems uh, problem but uh, let's say a big challenge, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, what do you see in that sense? You said uh, five five G is not solving all our problems. Uh, what do you think? Um, where's is, where's where is it heading uh, as of right now? So,
1: uh, you know, we we need to find out, and that is coming back also to the beginning of our discussion, right, is uh, what part of the the compute power of the data um, activities is happening in a vehicle, what part is happening between a vehicle and other vehicles, what part is happening between a vehicle and the infrastructure, streets, houses, etc. This has a clear and big impact on... uh, on the on the connect- connectivity technologies which we are using, but in general, I can say I, I'm I'm I, I'm a strong believer that 5G can solve probably uh, in terms of connectivity 70% of these problems, but not all, uh, because if, if you really have if you need to get into a, um, a below one millisecond type of um, end-to-end delay, you probably need alternatives in um, in this new world of uh, connectivity for mobility and uh, that is where we are all looking into what it is i can't tell you at the moment but it is definitely a mix out of 5g and other things and i i strongly believe it will not be a world which can um, which can work an autonomous world without any connectivity why because there are some believers who say okay i can do it completely 100% within the car, I don't believe that. Not 100%. You need (laughs) some kind of connectivity to make it happen. And, uh, but still, we are uh, probably 70% in the the way of solving this, but not yet through it. That is something where we are all looking into, we at Bosch, but also our um, market competitors and customers, et cetera, how to solve it, and what is the best way. And I believe it will be a mix out of 5G, 6G is on the on the run. There is wireless technologies, others, uh, which which probably is a mix out of it at the moment. But depending on the scenario, if you are in a city, uh, super crowded, uh, with a lot of pedestrians, uh, bicycle drivers. If you are on highways, where probably um, you need less infrastructure. Uh, or if you are in a city where you need more infrastructure interaction because it's a more complicated environment. This has to be uh, Experimented about in the near future.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree, um, but I guess that will come with, um, you know, um, oftentimes it's it's that if one technology is evolving, um, mm-hmm. you know, the other one on the parallel is is evolving as uh, the same, right? Uh, the same as yeah. autonomous driving is not not fully here yet. Um, you know, there's there's still time to 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 develop that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's. Let's round up this discussion um, because we're um, already, I mean, running out of time. Let's let's have your opinion. Uh, I, I always uh, like to ask that um, in the end. Something, something that that you observe uh, or have observed recently that you find let's say, from a, te- uh, from a technology perspective or maybe also from a business perspective, because that's what you said, that the, business, the business part, um, that you find very interesting uh, that has, let's say, either, either being developed, um, let's say, pre-corona, after corona, something that you say, okay, from a technology perspective, but also from the business context, this is something that is really interesting.
1: So I I would uh, come back to a point which we didn't really elaborate in detail, right? It is about how do you um, build services based on data, data which is coming out of different sources, if it is a vehicle, if it is the infrastructure, if it is a charging station, if it is a a cloud backend um, type of source and merging these kinds of data and develop new services out of it. And doing a kind of a data fusion, so bringing it together, that's the first thing you need to do, ideally based on standardized data formats, which we are working on, we are working on it, and we call it really indeed monetizing mobility data. And I uh, I see now for the first time that we are really um, engaging with uh, with OEMs on the um, commercial side but also in the um, uh, personal side on leveraging these type of data service for the for the end customer who is in the vehicle right if it is really somebody uh, who is transporting goods or if it's somebody who wants to get from A to B and in an ideal way in a in a funny way, with a lot of entertainment, uh, with uh, interaction points with others, or whatever he wants to get as a service, and um, I, I strongly believe we are now at the at the at the point where this is going to happen, and we will see it happening, and it ha- it is coming in combination with a lot of standard technologies, which are mature enough to get into the market which are the base for that and these are things like over the air updates right and they are happening they are happening in a in a, not only in a tesla world but in a in, in, in a in a, a all over vehicle world and uh, these are base services which we'll see now maturing in the market get out into the market and a uh, change the world in a big way um and uh that is that is not something which is far away. It is happening now, right? And and that is what I'm seeing. And Bosch is an integral part of that. Nevertheless, it is difficult to say, are we the service provider for that or are we the enabler, et cetera? This has to be decided, right? But uh, definitely we will play a key role in that and I'm betting on that as Bosch is betting on it.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think you can clearly see that also from, from Bosch uh in yeah. the sense of also um uh the as the whole aspect of let's say if if, if data is crucial and and uh, this is let's say where we we where we bet our let's say value creation and and value mm-hmm. chain to 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 be in uh, in uh, from let's say from now on and into the future uh, you can see that also let's say the 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 intelligent aspect of that right so learning from the data you can see that also with you, with you guys, basically going heavily into also uh, building up competence within the space of machine learning, uh, yeah. with, uh, with your um, uh, AI center that you have, uh, that is yeah. really, really, incredible on how much, how much uh, energy and, and resources also um, Bosch is pulling in there. And and to be honest, I I, I do know the German uh, AI space quite uh, quite well, and uh, I I must say that. Um, from, a, from, a, from, from that perspective, taking the whole landscape into account uh, is, is really incredible.
1: Yeah, and I like that really, uh, thanks that you mentioned, and uh, we didn't touch about it. The AI, AI capabilities of Bosch uh, on a research, but also on an applied side is really uh, superb, right? And uh, if I compare it with, with what I know from my past journey in, in my professional life, if this is making a difference. And uh, it is really a key asset, which we need in a data-driven world and uh, making decisions faster, <laughs> um, making them uh, really uh, better uh, to the future, right? Based on the learnings we have done in the past, machine learning, etc. you mentioned it. And uh, that is a key asset we can bring to the table. And I love that, right? I have to say that. I want to add one more thing, which is really, um, in my view, very interesting um, uh, for Bosch is that we, um, based on the diversity of the company, right? We have the mobility sector, we have industry, we have building technologies, we have residential, etc. right? And uh, we are more and more uh, driven by our group CDO, really leveraging an end-to-end play. And we are looking into that because I, I think it's not a mobility world, it's not an industrial world, an energy world, et cetera, separated, they need to get together and that is one of the key advantages Bosch Bosch can bring to the table developing services which are really end-to-end crossing Bosch Um, but to make that happen uh, we need to um, uh, get closer together also internally and that is what we are driving especially on the digital side which is a good thing a great thing a great asset and a great chance opportunity for Bosch
0: Indeed, indeed. Um, I think that will uh, definitely pay out in the in, in the years to come. Um, mm-hmm. as, I, as I mentioned, there's, uh, there's not many examples uh, that, that basically can, can can compare to that. I mean, uh, you know, it's I think you can in, in that sense, you can see on really, let's say, the, the believing and in, 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 in that the technology will play an integral or, let's say, a core central part, basically, in the future, because it is one thing to set up and, uh, you know, maybe a, a unit or, um, you know, um, having, let's say saying that we have activities in that, but ultimately a big corporate has activities in everything, right? If I would ask, is there people that work on blockchain or, uh, I don't know, some, some, some other things, yeah. other technology, every corporate would say, yes, we do, right? But mm-hmm. it is, um, it, 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 uh, for, from what I've seen from Bosch, but also with the, the center that is uh, the, the, the AI center, mm-hmm. basically, um yeah. is, it is really um sh- uh, you know it's, a, it's it's a different level of um engagement and also resources that are being pulled into this
1: i couldn't say it better that's true
0: <laughs> <laughs> 100% <laughs> all right uh, yeah. uh thank you very much for uh, for this interesting discussion um we should definitely uh we should definitely keep in touch and uh mm-hmm. if people would like to uh, get in touch with you uh they can um reach uh, reach you on linkedin right yeah. That's okay. perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much Brent and um see you soon. Thank you Jonathan.